Hey everybody, welcome to the Evoke Bike Podcast. I'm your host, Brendan Hausler. If you are new to the podcast, welcome. These short 8 to 15 minute podcasts cover a wide range of topics to help you get faster. Whether you're looking to win a national championship, finish Leadville, crush Tulsa Tough, get on a Gravel Worlds podium, or simply drop your friends. If we've never met, I'm the co-founder and president of Evoke Bike. I've been coaching athletes since 2010, and I've trained with power for over 150,000 miles. I've also won three Masters National Championships, but I'm mostly proud of my nearly 100 Pro 1 podiums simply because it shows my consistency in the game and my hunger to get better for not only myself, but the Evoke community, which includes you. If you enjoy these podcasts, please leave us a review on Apple or follow and download the episodes from Spotify. And if you want to take your support to the next level, please click the support link at the bottom of this podcast where your donation will help us pay for everything that helps to keep this free podcast going. Now to the show. Okay, so I've just stopped this podcast like three times because there's crazy fireworks going on outside, but I think they've stopped at this point. We might just take a pause for, for fireworks here in Ecuador. Uh, I was looking through an athlete's file, and he had brought up a point about terrain and controlling watts that actually was a topic that I was going to podcast on. It's on this long list I have. And it was a question or a comment that came in from somebody when they noticed I moved to the Blue Ridge Mountains in North Carolina. And it's more about endurance rides, but I think also in terms of controlling the power when outside and utilizing cadence in different ways, it all sort of tied together into a somewhat interesting thread. So the, the question wasn't really a big question or more of a comment from the person about the Blue Ridge Mountains asking, hey, what do I think of hilly terrain versus the flat stuff that I used to ride in Memphis? The comment was more, I expect that it's more of a challenge to get in the consistently paced endurance rides, for example. Have you noticed anything else that's different? This was one of the things that sparked my curiosity to my tempo riding since I admittedly was what I felt like was riding more tempo because of all the climbs that are there. I did a podcast, I think a video on YouTube about this that surprisingly it wasn't more tempo than I had anticipated. The one thing was though it was a little bit more zone one because of the descending and not trying to kill myself. But for endurance rides, if you have hills or if you have flat stuff, flat stuff, there's no excuse to stop pedaling. I mean, there's, you, yeah, you have turns and corners and whatnot, but When you have a 10% downhill, I wouldn't necessarily recommend trying to rip down that (laughs) endurance space unless it's wide open. You can see and it's cool if you're going 50 miles an hour and you feel good doing that. Disclaimer, don't do that if you don't feel good doing that. But the hilly terrain really just put on another gear, get a bigger cassette. I mean, I have a 3928 and I'm climbing hills that I will admit I'm not staying in endurance zone. So if I really want to do a pure endurance ride, I just ride somewhere else. Now, I'll avoid the steep hills. You can still climb 5%, 6% and stay in endurance or just low tempo. If I... You know, a lot of people have more of a compact. You should have enough gear most likely. 
Um, you might also not weigh as much as me, so that might make it easier. And the other aspect is if I just put a 30 on the back, you know, maybe I need to alter my setup to adapt to the train. I've considered doing that. So I don't think the hills are a math or a good excuse for not wanting to have good execution on these intervals. And an athlete was just doing these low threshold bursts and he had made the comment that the loop was a good one with some undulations, some downhill sections where focus was required to keep the power up, then some uphill and some flats. I actually played with cadence throughout, which felt like the right thing to experiment with and helped clear the legs after the surges. This felt good to get a strong ride in after the rest week. Da, 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 da. So if you read the blog that I posted about the title is what you need to know about VO2 max workouts, cycling workouts. In the technique portion, I talk about cadence and that I really start to mess with the cadence as the intervals go on, especially if they're longer ones that might not be, if it's not a five minute one, maybe sit or eh, maybe for five minute one, I'm trying to think back, but the one that I gave the example on was a six minute interval and I showed how the cadence rose in sections towards the end where, you know, I'm standing and then I'm sitting and I might spin it up where my average RPMs was 83, but it got up to a high of around 103 that was sustained for short periods of time. And I think that really does not only help clear lactate in a way, but also just changes up the stimulus on the body when you're going that hard, you know, it's easy to think in the moment, I just need to shift down. I need to shift into a harder gear and just crush it. But at the same time, remember that spinning faster can create more watts than just raw smashing. So there is a place for both. There's a place to stand up and crush the pedals and have a 70 RPM. But knowing when to use which one, sometimes sitting and spinning is just the right thing to do. And knowing how to be in tune with your bike and I guess even more specifically the gears on your bike know what each shift is going to feel like in order to keep your watts high when I'm doing those types of intervals I know that one more shift might be one more shift into an easier gear might be too much spinning and I won't be able to put out the watts I mean this just comes from years and years and years of training but it's something that you can always have in the back of your mind and work on uh, this athlete that was making the comment about that, he's exactly right. If you do the burst, he most likely, and actually I should go and look at this. Uh, if I have the file right here, when he s- does the surge, his watts actually go up a little bit more when he's surging. Excuse me, did I say his watts? His RPMs actually go up a little bit more. Just as he's, this is interesting. I'm gonna make a comment back to him. I'm glad I'm doing this podcast because I would have expected his RPMs to go down during the surge, but he was actually doing the exact opposite of what I was thinking. He was spinning up the surge and then going back down into a lower cadence in the under portion. Um, I'm almost more the opposite, where I would stand for the surge and smash it and then spin afterwards. 
Interesting podcast. I didn't say I didn't see this uh, taking this turn, but that's see everybody's a little bit different. You got to find what works, and he crushes workout. Um, he actually rode. This is a, one of those athletes that oh, I can't tell exactly how long we've been working together, but aerobic fitness was a was one thing that we just keep seeing gains of like, hey, now riding at two seventy actually feels like what riding at two forty five feels like, and. It's just because he's consistent. The guy does the workouts over and over and over and over and over again. And it's amazing that the athletes that keep going to bat somehow find wins the most often. So, again, to sum up this podcast, terrain, whether it's hilly or flat, I think you can find a way to make endurance rides happen just know that, yeah, you might have a little bit more coasting. Sure, you might have a little bit more tempo, but try and do the things, whether it's with your gear or with the roots, to even that out. And at the end of the day, you can't flatten the globe or you can't make the hills less hilly. So do what you can. It's never going to be perfect. And do you know what's perfect? Good enough. <laughs> it's it's actually a great quote. I I'm, Some people are like, I can't believe you just said that. I, I just think that if you get too granular on too many things it's so easy to get lost in so many little tiny details are you riding are you not riding too hard are you trying to optimize as best as possible that's the main goal and then you know do what this athlete did work you know fiddle with the cadence um that might help in some over sections and help you on the train when he was still able to keep the watts up in the downhill sections, yet then uh, still pace him properly uphill and really kind of dealt with all different terrain throughout the whole workout. So whether he was going over threshold or just under threshold, he was able to complete it. So with that, hope you have a great week. Uh, this podcast was, a little, I don't know, maybe the threads weren't as tight as I thought they were, but it still was somewhat interesting. And I think my brain is still a little fuzzy from uh, five days of stage racing and a lot of biking. Uh, we'll, we'll have more. We have a stage three coming up that will be posted, the recap, on Monday, December 20th. And then I need to get with Matt for the coffee breakaway and we will post another one about the remaining stages. Uh, Yeah, I wish we could have really ridden the crazy insane mountain ones. We would not have been racing them. I cannot even tell you how fast these guys are uphill. Um, Well, yeah, I can. They rode away from us very quickly. Uh, (laughs) It was quite the sight. It was like three lane high... uh, We'll wait to the recap. It was amazing. Anyways, enough of me blabbing to you. Hope you have a great weekend of training. Crush it. We'll talk to you soon.